Dude, we're rolling here. The the thunder's rolling through outside. Um, so I, I got, wanted. What? Yeah. Oh no! What? So, L. So you're tuning into the Profit First podcast, and right now you you are in hi, you are highly encouraged to green to. Oh my god! Oh. Daddy fat back. Daddy fat back. She's wondering who's talking. We gotta cut that out. No, you never cut anything out. You just go with it. <laughs> so you're you've you've just joined the Profit First podcast, but here's the thing: we're about to start the show. You have to scream and grunt along with us if you're listening to this. Take note of so that. if you're in your car and you want you close your windows, do whatever you gotta do. Do right, it. <laughs> that, yeah. For, how how serious are you about profit? <laughs> grunt it out. You know what I'm saying? Let's, <laughs> That's right, because it's time now for the Profit First Podcast. Episode 120 with Pam Slim. Oh, yeah. oh, guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Well, <laughs> there, she's there. we can hear you. That's awesome. So I, I, a few episodes back, remember the our guest who was barking like a dog? <laughs> Oh, oh my god. god. That was um <laughs> that was Josh was that? that was Josh Patrick. Oh man. Oh my that god. That was tremendous. Horribly beautiful. Well, welcome everyone to the show. I'm Chris Curran, the founder of Fractal Recording and Pause Your Life. Ooh, Pause Your Life. Pause. Oh, I thought you say more than that. <laughs> I'm Mike Michalowicz, the author of Profit First, my newly released book Surge, and then a collection of amazing books for your library. You know, also. <laughs> and uh, I'm joined in the studio by Christina Bulldog. Hey there. And you are listening to the Profit First podcast. So we're discussing all elements of profitability. I mean, this thing we've been talking about. How to be the young guy in an old man's world and still be profitable. Last week, persuasion out the yin and yang <laughs> with uh, Roger Dooley. And today, we're going to talk about the ecosystem that surrounds you. It ain't just clients, Pam Slim says. There's other people, too, that matter, and you aren't thinking about them. That's right. You can listen to the show anywhere you hear a podcast, literally anywhere, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, any podcatcher you use. Uh, and you can also see every one of our shows on the website, ProfitFirstPodcast.com. That's the website, www.profitfirstpodcast.com. It'll bring you to Mike's website where all of our episodes are there. You can comment and ask questions. It's a great place. And this show is all about profitability. And I love that because, Mike, you, you've drilled it into my brain. Profitability equals sustainability. The only way your business is going to stay open is if you're profitable. Yep. And revenue might be a sliding glass door, but profit is, is a whole lot more. Oh, <laughs> out of the park! Jeez, grand slam! Yeah, that was a good oh, one. Oh wow! I can't tell you how many people comment, Chris, saying, "Oh, clearly you guys prepared that in advance. Like you know it's coming your way, Mike." No, I am a poetic genius. Let it be. Known. <laughs> Let Dude, it be we prepare known. nothing, <laughs> dude. What have you been up to, bro? You know, I want to. Uh, this may be crazy, but has anyone else, if you're listening to this, have you ever thought of this, that you wanted to buy an RV and just drive around the country? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Everyone's thought of that. <laughs> I want to get a big RV with pause your life written on the side and just, you know, and I want to have, check this out. I want to have retreats. They're going to be called rolling retreats because oh. they're going to be inside the RV. Yeah, like baby. That. that is neat. That is neat. Anyway. I'm rolling to town. My friend, Larry guys- Prager, I'll call him out. I was having a, uh, 
lunch with him and he goes, oh, I'm an RVer now. I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, well, you know, I, I'm at the age where I'll take an RV and I RV'd around for the last two weeks. I'm like, you bought an RV? He's like, no, 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 I rented one for two weeks. <laughs> nice. I'm telling you, that is not an RVer. That's like an RV right. subveer, RJVer <laughs> maybe. It's an RJVer. <laughs> Junior. Junior. So what do you guys been up to? Well, so my uh, my daughter is homesick. She's mm. not she's not using those words. So she's at school now. Uh, as oh. of recording this, she's about uh, three weeks into it, four weeks into it, and uh, just struggling a little bit to yeah. be honest. And one thing we have a morning huddle. I shared that in the huddle. Sometimes we share more personal stuff, right? And Aaron's like, oh my god, I know someone at that school. Um, why don't we hook them up? And she's struggling a little bit too, I think, or did struggle. She's a yeah, sophomore now. Yeah. And. Um, it may be a match made in heaven, so sometimes it's nice to reveal those things. What have you been up to? Um, I know I've been talking about it for a couple of weeks, and it happened technically already, but I'm super pumped. I have an audition on Friday. I'm kind of jumping back in after a couple months of taking off, and I'm finally back in the studio and getting things swinging again, and it feels so good. Oh, that's so good. That, that's <laughs> nice. your chi. Yeah. Like you got to do yeah. that. That's your pause, your life. Exactly. Um, so... I want to know if we got any shout outs, Christina. Well, we did, actually. L. L. <laughs> um, we got an email from Kia Ariane. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing her name, but she emailed you, Mike, and she said that uh, Profit First was actually recommended to her by someone named Ben Glass. He actually oh, um, yes. is part of the Robin's Mastermind group. Yep. Um, and she says after 12 years in business, she felt completely defeated and was ready to shut down her business and call it quits. She had a record year last year and felt like all her hard work was starting to pay off. Off, except uh, the tax man came and wiped out all the progress that she made financially yeah, yeah, and slapped yeah. her back in, into debt. But she says she barreled through Profit First in about one week and it was like someone handed her a jug of cold water in a dry desert. And she says that uh, she's in touch with one of our certified Profit First professionals, Ron Foudy. So oh, shout nice. out to Ron. Ron. Um, and she said that he's just making a huge impact on her business. So shout out to Kia, shout out to Ron. Keep rocking it. And let me tell you how driven our Profit First professionals are in making profit. Ron Foudy, who's a member, ordered books from us. Yeah. And if you're a member, you get Profit First profession, Profit First at a discount. He emails and says, uh, I found it on Amazon for a dollar less. Can I get the discount, please? <laughs> Nice. And it's used books. Like we, he gets br a brand new pack from us at a discount. He found used books on Amazon, and uh, that's who you want your accountant to be. Trust me. Yep. Uh, we also have right? a shout out for one of our members. I think. Um. Yeah, we can shout out another Marcy? one. What about uh, Marcy? Yeah. Did I'm, you say that already? No, I was just kidding. Oh, oh okay. okay, okay. <laughs> shout out to Marcy Handhart. She's Marcy. another one of our profit first. She's one of our profit first coaches, actually. Yep. And she. I love speaking to Marcy. She's so energetic and she just makes you feel good about yourself. So if you're looking for a profit first coach in particular who can help drive profit in your business Marcy, in New Jersey, Marcy's the person. Marcy Hanart. She actually, yeah, she does uh, works nationally too. I know she's done some work with manufacturers. Mm. She, while she hasn't declared a niche specifically, if you're a manufacturing business, I know she took one company that had a huge amount of debt, took them out of debt, and then now has set them free. Like they, she set the system and said, you don't need me anymore, and they're off on their own. Be free. All right. Uh, it's amazing. For yeah, I have to say this. Excuse me. I have to say this. It's amazing what the Profit First professionals are doing for businesses. And if you're not sure, Profit First professionals are accountants and bookkeepers who've been trained in the Profit First methodology. And this is some of the awesome results they're getting. So we're going to talk more about that at the very <clears throat> end of the episode. <clears throat> but I mean, my God. And Barry. Barry, of course. I think, is Barry a uh, Profit First professional? An honorary Profit oh First? Oh my God. <laughs> He's like the honorary, yeah, the master okay. Profit First professional. So Barry, what does a business look 
look like before implementing Profit First? There's no activity, no giggle, no nothing. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the problem. People don't think about the giggle. I want to thank our corporate partners to make this show a reality and shockingly are still with us. Next, Steva. <laughs> We love you, Receipt Bank. We love you, Zero, our new hero. Oh. We love, love you. you. Oh. And of course, Fundbox and Fundera. Mm. Her name is Pam Slim, and we met on a boat. No. Then, <laughs> that's month, right. It was a yacht, right, Pam? Yes, it was. A big one. It was a yacht. There was ceviche. There was vino. And then, mysteriously, a month or so later, the yacht, and this is true, it's in the news, burns to the ground. And oh. no one can find Pam Slim. I, I, I didn't do it. Oh. I swear oh, to God, not, I didn't do I'm it. Not, I'm not implying. Are you blaming I me? I totally thought you were blaming uh, No, 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 no. I'm placing no blame. I am highly suspicious because I did see you sneak into the aft and do something with the battery system, but whatever. On the starboard side. On the starboard side. <laughs> On the port starboard side. Uh, her name is Pamela Slim. Slim. Um, Pamela Swim. By the way, it home. burned to the ground. Was it on land? No, <laughs> that's that's a, it was a wrong metaphor. It was wrong a bad metaphor. metaphor. Yeah, but it, it literally burned to. All it is is an outline of the boat in the water. It's so okay. tragic. I feel so bad. I'm just so oh. tragic. But I think the owner of that boat will be getting a new boat. I suspect. I think so. Um, Pamela Slim is an award-winning author, speaker, and business coach, and potential um was the person that that plants uh plants fires on boats uh and a professional arsonist she also wrote the best-selling books escape from cubicle nation awesome book that came out in 2009 uh-huh. and body of work that was a 2014 book and she's working on her third book which we're gonna start exploring today about the ecosystem or ecosystem of marketing pam officially welcome to the show thanks for having me Oh, Even if you call me an arsonist, it. I am so happy to be here. Let's let's, let's <laughs> light a fire, like metaphorically <laughs> speaking. <laughs> How many podcasts have you been on? Would you say in your lifetime, hundreds? Oh, hundreds, yeah, hundreds, approaching How thousands. Many- how many, ho- really, wow. How many hosts have accused you of being an arsonist? That would be you, actually. Yes! I love it. Okay. <laughs> that's, a big, that's a big victory. What, what is the ecosystem of marketing? What, what does that mean? Well, you know, the biggest thing I've been dealing, like you guys probably have, with business owners for so many years, 20 years in business and the last 11 working in startups. And the question everybody has as they finally launch their website and get things out in the world and then stare into the computer is where are my people, right? Where are you? Hello, internet. Where are my customers? Like, oh my God, how am I going to sell my product? And that can be a very lonely place for those people who have been there. Do you guys remember like when you first, now, you know, you have customers and, and people and partners and brand and, a, you know, top podcast and everything. But when you started, do you remember that lonely kind of feeling that you have, right? It's just like, I literally think I said, hello, internet. (laughs) Are you there? We actually have a recording, Pam, from when we first connected. Uh, Here it is. (laughs) (laughs) Remember? Do you remember this? That's it. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's like about when I started, right? When I started my blog, which was 2005, which is like, you know, 1900 in in blog years, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, so from that question, like the thing that I've discovered, which is like a wonderful discovery, if you've ever read the book, 
the line, the witch in the wardrobe. And you know about Narnia. Is that ringing a bell yes. for you guys? Yeah, okay. It totally does. There was a movie made recently mm-hmm. for those of the younger generation, but, um, you know, there's this whole world, there's this interconnected ecosystem that I found around your ideal client. And that ecosystem is really defined by all of the people, influencers, associations, events, things that are surrounding that type of ideal client, right? So Mike, just as a perfect example, when you and I were on that boat, right? When we were on the yacht, we mm-hmm. were sitting on literally a watering hole, right? A place that was a place in person where probably collectively we could have oh. just whispered and reached millions and millions and millions of small business yeah. owners because pretty much mm-hmm. people who are huge influencers in that space were all in that boat, right? So that would be yep. a very yep. fantastic place to be if you were the kind of person who wanted to reach small business owners because you could just turn and bump into somebody one way and turn the other way and bump into somebody else who Mm -hmm. absolutely shares the same interest in supporting your ideal client. So my thing, and what I'm so passionate and excited about exploring in the book, is how do we figure that out early in the entrepreneur journey, right? Instead of bumbling around and doing Facebook ads and blogging and just yelling to the internet and doing a random talk, you know, somewhere, how can you be very strategic about how you identify the ecosystem that already exists around your ideal clients. And when you begin to connect with those folks, you guys were mentioning your sponsors in the beginning, right? Nextiva, Zero, a bunch of other great folks. That's an example, right? Their clients are the kind of people who you wanna reach. So when you partner together, instant profit expansion opportunities. But it sounds like it's so hard, Pam, to get into that ecosystem. When I'm thinking when I start my business or start anything new, including this podcast, it's like, okay, who's the person who wants to listen? I'm not thinking about the complimentary vendors. When should I start? where Where should I start and when should I start thinking about expanding the ecosystem? I think you should. I mean, my my premise is this is something we want to think about from the very beginning as part mm. of the business planning process, right? You think about your product. Is it, you know, what's your product? What's the niche you have in the market? What's your brand? What's your unique value proposition? You know, what's your business model? So you make sure that you're selling something that has strong profitability, right? Right? Like, you know, you need to be mm-hmm. doing that. At the same time, you want to be doing an analysis of who else is in this space? Who are the influencers? What's the quickest, best way in which I can begin to start to build connections with people? And really, the, the neat thing that I like about it, I'm actually, you know, I'm usually not cavorting on fancy yachts. I'm, I'm really like kind of like just a neighborhood, like person of the people kind of person. Like I, I really just like thinking about the, the people who I'm serving, right? What's the reality? Where do they shop? Who do they listen to? What kind of apps do they use, right? Who are they influenced by? What books do they love to read? And when you begin to understand that first, it just means from the first moment when you're making decisions about where to spend your time in person and online, you're much more strategic in that process. Now, you don't know until you get rolling, right? Like you don't really know what exactly is going to lead you where. And the fun part to me, the entrepreneur journey is just beginning down the path and all of a sudden discovering all these people that you had no idea existed, right? Can I tell you a quick story about that, about my kind of watering hole moment? 
that heck yes yeah. especially if there's an arsonist story there's here. no arson involved oh. but okay. um i was uh when i started escape from cubicle nation right 2005 i was yelling into the internet you know i'd been a corporate consultant for 10 years so i knew there were tons of people who wanted to leave their job and start a business but you know i was just like i had an idea i wanted to help them start a business but i didn't really know where to find them so i started blogging right and I had like my dad, my sister, my best friend for like the first six months, right? Reading my blog and, and not many other people. And then one day on a whim, I emailed Guy Kawasaki. Do you guys know Guy? Venture capitalist, yeah. art of the start, yep. right? Totally awesome guy in Silicon Valley. And it was just on a whim. Like I had read a profile about him. I thought he was a cool guy. And I wrote this post called Open Letter to CEOs Across the Corporate World. Kind of my like strong, passionate post about what corporate leaders were doing wrong in the corporate world, leading to everybody wanting to leave. And I sent it to him on a whim at 10 o'clock one night, and he responded back 10 minutes later. And I swear to God, I was screaming like you guys were screaming at the beginning of this episode. I was like, oh my yeah, God, yeah. you know, it was like unknown suburban mom in Mesa, Arizona, like gets a reply from Guy Kawasaki. So he's like, I love it. Could you make it a 10 point post, right? Which immediately I did, finished it at 2 a.m., sent it to him. He posted it on his blog the next day. Oh my. I went from my dad, my sister, and my best friend, to 20,000 people instantly from around the world. I had Bob Sutton from Stanford, my favorite, you know, no asshole rule professor. I call him my adopted professor because <laughs> I wasn't smart enough to get into Stanford, right? I had people all over the world that were resonating with my message because I connected with a huge watering hole, right? Guy's an influencer, we share interest. He was sitting on people who followed his work, which was extremely aligned with mine. And that was a way that totally opened my eyes to how you can begin to make these big jumps, right? So one of the things guys said that I think is so important for us to think about as content creators, it kind of goes to the message in my last book, Embody Your Work, you know, is like, you're not just instantly gonna have nothing that you have valuable to share and have people say, oh my God, this is amazing, let me share it. You know, Guy always says people say that he has the Midas touch as if what he touches turns to gold. He said, my Midas touch is I only touch gold. Like you need to create oh. great stuff, right? Create great stuff yeah. so that people who find it valuable that they want to share with those people who they are signed up to serve, right? Will find it to be valuable stuff. So like that, that was the beginning for me where all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, like there's tons. Then I met Seth Godin and Nancy Duarte and Gard Reynolds from Presentation Zen and like this whole crazy, wonderful ecosystem of people who are serving the people who I want to serve. You know, you had all these questions you started listing off when you identify your ecosystem. You know, uh, just you went through kind of a, a battery of questions. But one thing that triggered my mind is how do you get those answers? Do you interview clients? Do you ask them who they're influenced by? Or is it by observation? How do you get the answers to all those questions that we want to ask? Yes and yes, right? Like, yes. Start with somebody who you know is the profile of an ideal client, and you can develop a simple little survey. You could just, you know, ask them five questions yourself, right? Who are the thought leaders that influence you the most? What was your favorite book? What apps do you use to run your business, right? Do, are, what, what associations are you, you know, a member of? What was a favorite kind of training class that you took and why? You know, something like that. So you can begin when you don't have many clients or really anybody, everybody's prospects, then you're going to get some limited data that way. I'm a big fan of the Google myself, right? And I kind of am mm. like, you know, <laughs> we kind we forget sometimes that when you put things into Google, like 
associations in small business in Mesa, Arizona, that you get this gigantic list that immediately is helpful. Like sometimes I annoy my clients because we'll be talking about this concept and they're like, I have no idea where to begin. And I'm like, as I'm typing into Google, well, let's start with, right, your business topic associations in your city. And immediately we come up with information. So like I would challenge to an arm wrestle, I would win because I do have a black belt in mixed martial arts. So I totally win. But I would challenge to an arm. Yes, I do actually. But I would challenge you an arm wrestle that in two hours, right, of good Googling and just being looking at meetup.com, going on Google, right, going to somebody who is a big influencer who you admire and noting the places where they speak, right, that you could come up with a good straw picture of what the beginning of an ecosystem would be for your ideal clients. And that that's, that's where you start. Do you have any sense for numbers? Is it in an ecosystem for a client, is it 100 influencers? Is it thousands of influencers? Is it a few vendors? Is it hundreds of vendors? How big does the ecosystem get? No, I mean, to me, you know, the, the potential ecosystem of people who are really, you know, potentially interested in serving the same kind of customers, which is where you get the network effect, right? You begin to have, mm-hmm. you know, one to many kinds of connections. To me, the numbers are much smaller. It, when, when you're creating the vision for yourself, like I would think about for you, Mike, okay, here's your task. This is homework because I'm a coach. Yeah, lay it on so me, I, lay I'm it going on. to assign homework, all right? When you think about what your goals are for next year in 2017, either in your business or this podcast, you need to know who were the top five in each of the categories, right? Who were the top five influencers, this is important, that are actually aligned with your values, with who you are as a human, which my, my criteria, I call them my High Council of Jedi Knight members, right? I would trust them to watch my kids, which you know are like the most important thing in my entire life, right? So they're not yep. only smart and have influence, but they're good, solid people that share your values. So you should know the top five people that you really want to be aligned with that have a lot more influence in your market. You should know from the sponsor side, which you already have, right? Because you've gotten some amazing sponsors, but what? who are the people who are selling technology, right? That would be a perfect fit for the people that you want to serve in your business or your podcast. What would be any kinds of bigger associations, right? That are made, that have hundreds of thousands of members that you could be partnering with. And then of all the events that are happening next year, if you could just choose three events to be at that would not only have the greatest number of ideal clients or prospects, but would also have as fellow speakers, the greatest amount of people who could be peers, sponsors, and partners, then that is where it is that you should spend your time. Mm. I love it. Someone told me once to put together a board of advisors and then they whisked, they looked around and kind of whispered to me and said, that's actually your marketing team. And I want to throw this thought by you and then get your take on it. They said, similar to you, identify the influencers, then form a board of advisors and wine and dine them. It's really for them to network with each other, uh, to learn a little bit about your business, but then to ask them to support you in the promotion of the business because they're influencers. What do you think about that spin on the influencer idea? The part that, I, in general, yes, you want to have people surrounding you that can be supportive of your business, but there has to be reciprocity, right? The key to me, mm. imagine that you have a mirror on your forehead, right? So any kind of visibility that's on you in the form of like a beam of light that's shown on you is actually bouncing in front of you who are the people that you serve. The way you get strong partnerships and alliances is in mutual benefit and reciprocity, right? People, Mm. especially busy people who are influential, they have people coming at them every moment 
day and night, right? So you need to also be providing something unique and special and valuable either to them personally, which can be like you said, in the form of really carefully, thoughtfully cultivated circles of peers that would be beneficial to them, right? Again, either in, in with a bigger benefit of helping them to get better partnerships, you know, to serve the market that you all do. But sometimes the way that we approach it, it's so much one way, right? Like, I want you to be promoting my stuff. You know, here's my book. Would you share about it? As opposed to, Mike, where do you and I cross over where we're both passionate about serving this segment in the market? What do you have going on, right? What do I have going on? And how can we begin to work on this market together? To me, that's much more compelling where I, I, I called it, I think it escaped from Cubicle Nation, you know, we're, we're all equal fundamentally. Some of us have a little bit more experience than others, right? But if you approach an influencer as somebody who has the key to just opening the doors to you, you're losing your power. And if you're relying on them to do your marketing for you, you're lazy, right? It's your mm. job to be reaching your market in a passionate way, in a mutually beneficial way. And so to me, the best kind of relationships that I've had with partners, you know, with peer mentors, people I know that have been in my same space, um, and also with with sponsors, is where we're really working together as partners, right? I know what their business objectives are. I know what it is that they're trying to do. I'm opening my network to them, and they're doing the same thing to me. And in that case, it's natural, right? You can ask, hey, I have my, my, my book coming out, but Mike, you know that you and I have been working together and texting and jumping on Skype all year, so it feels like the most natural thing in the world for you to do. Right. Oh, it's totally true. It's totally true. And there's nothing that competes with face-to-face time. That boat ride was the first time we met face-to-face. Yeah. And uh, remember Barry Moltz's name came up. I'm like, oh, you know Barry? And then it's like high-fiving going on. Uh, now, what about email? You, you said you emailed Guy Kawasaki, he comes back to you, and he says, I want to help you out, and I want your article. But I, and I suspect you even more so, every day I get a barrage, I don't even know how many it is, of emails saying, hey, I got something for you, Mike, to help you out. Could you publish my article with my links on your website? And it's like, oh, delete, 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 delete. Uh, And I wonder if one or two of those people in there are truly authentic, good relationships, but they're burning that relationship before it even gets to start because of that email. What is the technique that you'd use to genuinely get in front of an influencer and build this rapport? You know, it's a continuum that's like any kind of relationship where you need to be building rapport. You know, I think about what Guy said about the Midas touch, right? What does anybody who is a content producer or somebody, you know, trying to share information with their market, they want great content, right? So number one responsibility is be proud of what you create, like really lean in to what it is that the market needs and create something worth sharing. That's, That's the number one thing that you need to take responsibility for. On the other side, it is just knowing that when you're when you're building relationships with people, that's that's what it is. What I often do unabashedly, like I'm a huge fangirl of many people whose work I admire, and I'm not embarrassed at all just to send an email saying, you know what, John Legend, I think you're awesome. You know, I love your work, I love your music, I love your, you know, social justice agenda. I think everything that you do is great. And I just want to tell you that. And by the way, I wrote about you in my book, you know, and um, I think you're fantastic. Asking nothing, right? Introducing yourself. Then you could begin to connect. I mean, the line between being proactive and stalking is, is a little bit of a fine line. <laughs> so, so where you start to like have the pinned pictures of people in your garage wall, that's kind of creepy, right? It's kind of, you know, criminal minds a little bit. 
But you really do want to become like a student of where somebody is. I remember the first time I met Dan Pink in person, you know, we had like seen each other online tangentially. I had sent my, I love you, you're fantastic, Dan, you know, kind of message. But then I went to an event where he was speaking, right? And the first time in line, I was able to see him face to face and say, hi, Dan, it's Pam, you know, great to meet you and give him a little hug. And it's the whole series of building that relationship, mm. which is benefited by like the, the situation you have with you and Barry and I, right? When you know that other people who you know, like, and trust are also friends with that person, yes. you know, or if you say on Twitter when I like, Hey, you know, I'm having a tech issue or does anybody know a good app for this or that? And I just become somebody who's useful and proactive, then that's what naturally builds up the relationship, you know? So it's not like there's a certain text that you use in your email for the pitch to be perfect because the art part of it is ironically, you have to be super proactive, but you can't be graspy, right? You have to like have no expectation of anything happen at the same time, be totally optimistic that something will, right? And just give the most authentic kind of outreach that you can with what you're sharing. Is it okay to be fanboy? And let me give you some context. When, when I saw that list for our little boat ride and I saw your name on there, a few other folks too, but I saw your name. I was like, "Oh my God, Pam Slim!" Like I've, I've heard of her. I read, I read your books. I'm like, I can't wait to meet her. But I'm like, it'll be all creepy. Like I'm like, hey, you know. Uh, so I don't even know how to approach it's you. It's so hope not I... creepy. It is not well, creepy. I came, I, it was, I came up with a glass of wine. If you I remember, mean, my hand was shaking. I'm like, Pam, I know I you were shaking. You. So that was a little, you know. I was like, <laughs> get yourself together, Mike. But no, it's not creepy. I mean, how good does it feel when you meet somebody for the first time and they genuinely and authentically say, you know, I love your work. Thank you so much, right, for writing that book. I saw your talk on whatever, you know, and I thought it was great. That is a fantastic thing to do. When we start to lose our fan boy or girl enthusiasm, I fear for us. We're becoming old and bitter and grizzled and our future is not bright, right? Like, well, yeah. really? Yeah, I got you. Let me ask you the flip side. So there was two elements going on. I'm a little bit embarrassed to, to say this. So first, I'm like, I can't believe Pam Slim is going to be there. Uh, Escape from Google Nation, the, one of the defining books you have to read if you're moving into the business space. And then part of me goes, but I'm jealous. I wish I could have the success Pam has. And I'm nothing compared to Pam. And so this jealousy element kicked in for me. How do you navigate that? Because now in my mind, I'm like, I'll never be like as successful as Pam and I'm not worthy or conversely, like she doesn't deserve it. And I make up a BS story in my mind. How do you navigate that if you've experienced that? Yeah, no, you know what? It's, it's such a normal thing. And if, if you only knew Mike, no, actually I have a very happy life, but you know, I think, I think you're doing pretty good yourself, <laughs> well, thank but, you. um, but it, jealousy comes from fear. Okay. Here's coach Pam for a mm. moment. Life coach Pam, right? Is me. that, jealousy is is coming it, it is so normal and healthy to look at somebody's life or success and be like damn Brene Brown you know that was awesome like you <laughs> you got on super soul sunday that is so fantastic right and for that moment you can have that twinge where it's like ugh what it's really saying is i want that too i see myself in that place and i want that all right that is normal and healthy that helps you build the vision of what you want. What starts to get to the dark side of the force is where you're like, God damn it, Brene, you know, I deserve it more than you and who are you for not doing it and I should have that. That's pure fear-based because where our focus should be 
is in great getting great work out into the world, right? And serving people who we want to serve. I am so glad that all the people in my ecosystem who are adding their own unique twist and having, you know, breakout bestsellers and hit the New York Times list are doing that because it means the people we all care about are being served, right? We're solving the serious problems that we have in this country. We're making our economy stronger, right? We're getting better. And so what it means is you get that vision of what you want, but then you can create the path. One of my, uh, the person I train with, Martha Beck, who's become a really good friend, she is like Oprah's life coach, right? Has written a lot of best-selling books. And she um, often shares the story of like, people will meet her sometime at a cocktail party and they're like, hey, Martha, you know, here's my book. Would you mind dropping it on Oprah's desk? Like the next time that you're in the office, right? Would that be okay? And she's like, they are asking the wrong question. What they should be asking me is what choices did you make to put you in the position for Oprah to hire you to write a monthly Mm. column for O Magazine once a month? right? Mm. That's where you can learn from the process that people did. And what worked for her with like three degrees from Harvard may be different than somebody else, right? But um, jealousy is normal. But when it starts to get to where you're like, it's envy and you want to take the person down. And every time you see them online, time to get a little therapy, right? And check yourself. (laughs) Hey, what's the name of your new book? Do you have it picked out yet? And can you share it? I... We, we are actually just talking about that. It's funny. I'm talking with my agent right after I record this interview. So the working title is Where Are My People? That's, oh, that's, like that's the that. working title I we have, that. right? I like that. Yes. And uh, are you, who are you publishing through? Uh, portfolio. Penguin Portfolio, oh, nice. who has published my, my first two books. I love them. I'm, I'm, I'm one of these loyal people. Like when I find a team that I really love, I just, I like to continue to work with them. I'm just, I'm just that way. I'm I'm back with portfolio, so I'm I'm releasing my uh, profit first. I'm re-releasing. Are you working with uh, who are you working with over there? Who's the Nikki. editor? Nikki. 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 I got I don't know Nikki. I'm working with Kashuk, who was actually like, almost like a personal assistant to Adrian, and uh, now is a editor. Um, and he's amazing. I bet you Nikki's amazing too. They're such a great team. I love team it. Over there. They are a great team. I know it's a good family of authors, right? I'm I'm happy to have you there. Cool. Well, I know where your people are. They're in New York City and on Hudson Street, clearly. Oh. Pretty much. Pam, where, where, can, uh, where can people learn more about you and the upcoming book? PamelaSlim.com. That's you it. Know, you didn't even get a chance to drink water yet. That was so fast. I'm telling you, man. Like, everything it's, is there. So you can send hey, me an email, my social channels. It, that's it. It's all there. Hey, Pam, quick question before you go. Yes. Um, I like everything you're saying. I like the fact that, you know, we can prepare and we can we can answer all the questions that you threw out there and we can ask successful people what choices have they made and we can make the same choices. Uh, at the same time, you know, you're talking about, you know, approaching, you know, celebrities or, you know, f- very influential or famous people and not many people can get through to them. Like if a thousand people try, maybe one or two will get through. So... I mean, there's stuff you can control and stuff you can do yourself to, again, everything you've said so far, but whether they respond, whether Guy Kawasaki responds is not up to you, right? So and and most people face failure in, the, in those situations, It's so right? true. You know what? And to me, it's actually not, when you talk about influencers, it is not just celebrities and famous people at all, right? It could be somebody who is who works at a company that 
has, you know, millions of customers that are your ideal customers, right? Somebody who has influence. It can be somebody in a community. I just opened up a startup incubator right downtown in Mesa, my hometown, which I'm super excited about, right? A lot of the folks that I'm connecting with here are not rich and famous, but they're extremely influential, right? So it you 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 want to include people who have huge reach, but you think about maybe who are folks that might, you know, and, and by all means, reach out to them and introduce yourself. Like, I'm always going to be looking to build relationships with people I admire. John Legend, oh my God, like I tell everybody, including on this podcast and every other place I've ever published that I want to meet John Legend, because sooner or later, somebody's going to like be his cousin and introduce me, right? It may take me <laughs> 10 years and I don't care because I'm going to meet John Legend. But the fact is that within your ecosystem, there's a whole bunch of people who have influence, who do not have to be rich and famous, right? That's actually kind of a smaller subset of people who have it. The more that you contribute work, the more that you become known, the more that your work becomes really valuable and interesting, then people begin to be interested in connecting with you. Oops, sorry. I was <laughs> sorry. We were queuing up a John Legend song for you. Sorry. That was awesome. I thought that it was just like you like my point so much that you wanted to kind of I punctuate did, I did. it with a very strong kind of music. <laughs> sorry. No, yeah, sorry. I don't know. I, I, I really appreciate that distinction you just made between famous people and influencers. And the other thing is you mentioned before about, you know, don't just. Uh, approach an influencer and ask them for something, you should say, hey, where do we cross over here? Where can we work together? But the fact is, if they're a successful influencer and you're pretty much a nobody, even if you are, you don't have much to offer, right? I mean, what are you going to offer? You're, you're, you're not a nobody, right? Again, Coach Pam yeah. in the house, you're, you're not. Like, you are somebody who cares. You're less experienced. You have less experience in the space, but you care. So the first thing you want to do in any relationship is just learn, right? What are they doing? What books do they have coming out? What, what's, what are important initiatives? What are charities that are important to them? You just want to learn, right? You want to learn what they're doing and be a- Yeah, but let's say I learn everything. Then I approach them yeah. and I say, hey, I can do this for you. I can put it on my website or, or I can, you know, let's say I want to sponsor for my podcast. Hey, I can talk about you on my podcast. And if it's someone who's successful and savvy, they're going to say, well, how many people listen? And if the number's not big enough, then it, it's a business decision. You're for so them. true, I, but, why bother, but you would right? never pitch straight. That would never be your first email, right? Mm. You would get to know them. You'd just introduce yourself and saying, I love your work. You begin to talk with them on Twitter. You'd follow their pages. You become a you know member. That That's how I did it. You know, like I, now I have an amazing circle of like incredible people who have huge influence, but it, it takes time. That's the part we don't have any patience with, right? Like knowing who you want to connect with and then having the patience and the diligence to make it happen is that same diligence that you have in building a strong, profitable business, right? Like I don't believe in the blueprint overnight. You do these three things and magic happens. I do believe, and I've seen it, I've seen it with people who have done the same thing with me, right? As I begin to have more reach and influence where they're positive, they connect, they show up and they're present, right? When books come out, they, you know, they post about it. I pay attention to that, right? I appreciate that. I can see that they're engaged and that's going to make them, you know, folks who are influential relax a little bit. So you're right. Like it doesn't happen every time, but what I've learned is why not? begin that process, right? Begin to build the relationship. You wouldn't just walk up to somebody on the street that you've never met before and ask them for something. Like, why would you ever do that? So why do we do yeah. that the first time we send an email to somebody online? Chris, we and Pam, we got Good you going. Uh, but Pam, thank you. And here's a little John Legend for you. Um, Woo! 
we were queuing that it. up. Yeah, we were queuing that up for you. <laughs> and <laughs> shamefully, you heard a commercial. But thanks for joining us for, t- for today's show. Thanks for having me. We'll see you. Thanks, right. Pamela. We got to rock and roll because we got another guest coming on for next week's show in about three minutes. So uh, thanks first to our corporate partners, Fundera, Fundbox, Nextiva, Receipt Bank, and Zero. And to Pause Your Life, Chris, do you want to share real quick what that organization of yours does? Yeah, pause your life. It's just uh, hitting the pause button, stopping just being a human being. I mean, going after profit, building business, building relationships, that's all good. But at the end of the day, you're, you know, you need time for yourself. So retreats and meetups, that's what we organize. There you go. Pauseyourlife.org. Pauseyourlife.org. Go there now. It's pause like P-A-U-S-E, not the cheesy like animal pause fake, you know. Aw. Yeah. That's not bad. <laughs> pause your life. Correct. It's, it's yeah, hit the pause button. Hit the pause button. All right. <laughs> let's go right into the takeaways. Christina, you're up first. What'd you get? Oh, so many things. Um, who are the top five influencers in mm-hmm. your line of work and which one of them share your values? That hit home with me. When you're looking for people to connect with and just to help you grow your brand or whatever it is that you're looking for or for help with, make sure you're connecting with people who speak to what you believe in. Mm. Chris, you're up. Yeah, I think it's uh, the patience. I mean, I love her strategies and I think it's just the patience of, you know, think of just understanding that I guess if it takes three or five years or 10 years to build a relationship, then I guess it takes that long. Um, Yeah. So I don't know, maybe my personality is more to the point or kind of like, you know, let's do it kind of thing. But uh, so, yeah, so maybe for people like me, it's a little hard to be patient for three or five or 10 years. Gary Vaynerchuk, um, actually, I just saw a video he released opening uh, keynote, and he says the biggest overlooked component of business success is patience. And he goes, hard work, everyone knows, and you have to do it, but we ignore the patience part. So uh, that, that hit home with me, too. Jealousy comes from fear. I thought that was interesting. Mm. Um I thought it was really interesting. And I love uh, Guy Kawasaki's My Midas Touch is to Only Touch Gold. Yes. I thought that was genius. <laughs> oh, crazy. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, we want to know your takeaways. You know where you can put them. <laughs> 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 that came out funny. Wow. I really mean put them on the website. www.profitfirstpodcast. You know where you can put them. Take note of that. I didn't mean to say it like that. ProfitFirstPodcast.com. All of our episodes are there. They're like little blog posts. So you can comment on them, ask questions. And of course, you can rate and review our show wherever you're listening to this podcast. And ultimately, we'd like to thank Profit First Professionals because, you know, you or someone you know, you know, you need an accountant, you need a bookkeeper. Why not have a, a man or a woman wearing a cape standing behind you that's driving profit to your business? Mm, mm, that's mm. it. Yeah, profit is the way to go, baby. And you know it. You know it. How long have you been looking to be profitable? Has it been a year? Has it been more years? How patient are you going to be about profitability? If there's anything that can happen now, it's profit. All those other elements take patience and time. Profit should and can happen now for any size business. That's why I wrote the book Profit First around this concept. That's why Portfolio, Pam's uh, imprint also, is re-releasing Profit First, a new and enhanced version of it. And that is why we started Profit First Professionals. This is a collection of accounting and bookkeeping professionals, business coaches too, who've trained on the Profit First methodology, understand all the nuances of what it takes to make a business profitable. It's a behavioral shift and a mechanical shift, and they will guide you through it. You need an accountant or bookkeeper or business coach anyway. Why not get someone that does that and knows how to drive profitability? 
Go to ProfitFirstProfessionals.com right now. Click on the find options right there on the front page. And uh, we'll hook you up with someone that can drive profit in your business starting today. That's right. It's totally easy to find a Profit First professional near you. Or they don't have to be near you. They could be anywhere, really. That's right, baby. But, I mean, look, we're building our businesses. We're trying to be more profitable. We're always, I don't know, I always feel like I want someone on my side, on my team. And that's what a Profit First professional can do. So, all right. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, Christina. Thanks again to Pamela Slim. And thanks to everyone in the background over there, uh, including Obi-Ron Kenobi and the Hawaiian Lumberjack. An M. So we'll see you all next week. Who's up next week, Mike? Jack Daly. He shamed me on stage by outspeaking me in Quebec City. Oh. Thousand, no, I was amazed by 500 people in the room. And this is the best speaker, literally the best speaker I've ever seen. He talks about sales and how to get it jacked up. So get ready. <laughs> all right. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. And we really are proud to be part of your profit journey. So we'll see you. See you.